Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to Following On County Cricketer. I'm John Norman and alongside Steve Harmison and the cricketers George DeBell and Nick Friend, we are delighted to bring you your one-stop shop for all things county cricket. Listen via the Following On podcast feed every Wednesday or on TalkSport 2 every Thursday morning as we look back on the latest county cricket action. Ahead to the next round of matches, discuss the big issues affecting the game and also see how the players we picked out at the start of the season are getting on. It was a week where Hampshire doled out their heaviest ever county championship win over hapless North Ants. Nottinghamshire gambled and lost. Middlesex struggled, again, but won. And Yorkshire's run of luck continued to desert them. Plenty to talk about this week. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer. Thanks to TalkSport in partnership with The Cricketer. Well, not only is it a new show, there's a new magazine released this week. I got sent a little, a few notes, a little bit of a, a sneak peek of what I can expect in a couple of days' time when the magazine arrives at my house. Uh, it does seem like it's a bumper magazine this week. Uh, Rob Key interviewing David Gower, Harmy on his long run-up. We're going to talk a little about Harmy and what he was uh, moaning about a bit later on in the show. But George, give us an idea what uh, we can expect from from the columns that you uh, produced for the Cricketer this week or this month? You know, there's always a bit of a lag between doing these magazines and them coming out. So I'm actually struggling to remember, but I think I did something with Amjad Khan, who's really interesting, you know, quick bomb. I don't think he probably played with him, Harmy. Right, who's now a barrister and still playing international cricket, by the way, into his 40s, still getting the ball through pretty sharp. I did uh, an interview with Azeem, Rafiq, talking about the CDC, it's the CDC hearings and stuff, just, you know, where he is now. I definitely wrote a column, which I think was largely about Thanos here and the and the 100. Yeah, coming back to, uh, you know, funnily enough, as I left Edgbaston a couple of weeks ago, someone shouted at me, get back to writing about the 100. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. 
Uh, and so I, I shouted back, I will. So I have. Play the hits, as they say. And I don't know what else I wrote. I, I wrote something else as well. But um, the, it, the, the Rob Clee is terrific. terrific. Well, I'm not allowed to tell you. No, no, not physically. I mean, mentally. Uh, um, pretty good, thank you. Yeah, he's. Um, that, that's a really good question. He, he's very philosophical. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but on the morning of the CDC hearing, or oh, the verdicts, he, he, he phoned pretty early and said, um, you know, the only way this ends is if uh, Michael Vaughan's cleared, and which surprised me a bit. And, but his, his logic was sound in that he said, you know, Michael would probably appeal, which is probably right. And um, I think I, in particular, quite needed it to end for various reasons. And his point was, whatever you think of the verdicts, bear that in mind. And it was, it, they were wise words. He's a, a phlegmatic, philosophical fella. Um, you know, he has some family health issues, but apart from that, I would say he's in a very good fettle and um, reconciled to the past and uh, looking forward with optimism to the future. We asked the question on last week's show whether anybody had appealed the decisions from the CDC. The two-week grace period is up. Do we know if anybody appealed the findings? Yeah, I believe they did. You know who? I don't think it would be very helpful to go there right now. Let's talk about cricket, shall we? Let's get back to the... Actually, no, let's get back to the 100 before we talk about cricket. <laughs> it's kind of cricket, you know. <laughs> is cricket... Okay, so I've got a kind of a, a viewpoint of the Big Bash, where essentially it seems to only really dominate Australian cricketing consciousness during summers when one of England or India aren't touring. And um, I think this year is going to be very difficult for the 100, coming off the back of an Ashes. I think next year will be the year where possibly you get a more positive spin on things because touring England next year are not the Aussies. And it may well clear the window a little. Where are you with the with the hundred? Short term, mid term, long term, in terms of where it's going to be uh, within the uh, the cricketing calendar. What what are you hearing? Oh, if I were to take a punt, I'd say the uh, women's hundred is uh, secure, and um, most of the noises about that are very positive. I'd say that the blast may well become the men's blast will become a T twenty. Sorry, uh, is a T twenty will become a T twenty league. Oh, with promotion and relegation, and I wonder how long it'll be till we have an FA Cup-style knockout, maybe instead of the 100, incorporating the national counties, what we used to talk of as the minor counties. It's a very fast-moving picture, but I wonder what the um, media rights will, um, or, the, or the broadcast market, how they will value the women's competition. Uh, I would think that it is it, it has real value and that that value will grow. And it's interesting you talked about the Big Bash because the Big Bash women's competition is outrageously good. It is excellent. It's it's almost as good cricketing entertainment as you'll see, and the reasons for that are many, but it's a lot of it is about the depth of the even depth of talent in the country, and also they've got good overseas players at the time of year when they're not doing a lot else. It's played too early in the Australian summer, but it's working as a competition where the Big Bash men's competition clearly isn't working for actually very obvious reasons, not least that they've stretched it. But um, the talk around the counties is, yeah, we'll see an FA Cup-style knockout incorporating the national counties because the counties and national counties now have a bit more power, I think, or more of a voice. And if I were a betting man, I'd say the chances that replacing the 100 within the next five or six years are 60-40. If I was going to Brenda McCullum for betting advice, I think those are the odds he'd give me. 
Interesting. Okay, let's move on to the uh, to the other cricket because there were some marvelous moments. You did come on air and say suggest that uh, all was actually well at Middlesex, Nick friend, yeah. and uh, and they won. But they weren't that far. They, um, okay. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but essentially they won. You know, their their batting was wobbling again in first innings. They were thankful to a very generous declaration. We'll talk about the game in more detail in the next section of the show. But essentially, in terms of the big moments uh, from the last round of county championship games, Nick Friends, you were uh, suggesting that Middlesex uh, is the moment that you'd like to reflect on. Well, there were only two results, weren't there? So, <laughs> so therefore, it was a moment. And I, mean, I don't know how much I was going to the declaration now. The, the declaration was obviously the moment. I mean, for its right, I did. I thought it was a great declaration. I didn't necessarily think it was a generous one. I thought it, I thought it brought all four results into the game. Ultimately, and I think we've got a question about this later, but um, I could probably cover it off now. I mean, Notts, Peter Moles and Steve will probably get a bit of stick because they lost the game having declared in a game that they dominated for three days and the only and the middle sets could, could frankly only win by losing two sessions of, of the game and Notts basically trying to gamble or turn a draw into, in, into the victory that their performance for three days probably deserved. So, but I suppose Peter Moles after is actually he was you know, about as phlegmatic as he could be at the end of that. In, in that, the like we we speak, we've spoken before on here about the the, the five point draw now. While that wasn't why they did it, it's certainly easier now to look at it and go right. They've got eleven points for a draw. They get six points for losing. They've got twenty two points for a win. The way they play for three days, and given you've got you know you've got Stuart Broad in your bowling hat, you're defending two fifty, which Middlesex only got once this season. Aside who statistically this year got basically the worst batting up in the. In Div One, on, on what they've done so far in, in the in the campaign, you sent them two fifty to win forty overs, and the only way Middlesex could win is if the first ten overs played out as they did, really, with Mark Stoneman flashing everything four to five or thirty odds that really set the game up for them. Sent Steve Eskenazi out to open with him, who would bat at four normally, but but opens batting in the blast, and it's been the best player in the blast the last couple of years. Certainly, consistency of runs wise. So they showed their hand very early, just as not to show their hand in declaring, but um. But if Middlesex had been ten for two, I suspect nothing. You know, I suspect that game Peter's out with two hundred twenty for four and and, and match draw. And so, I thought it was great for all all concerned. You can you can understand why Middlesex would have batted down the hatches and run away with whatever they could get after the start of the season they've had. And you can understand why why a side as dominant as Notts for three days might have gone. You know, we're not we're not giving these guys a sniff at it. But I guess the way that Red Bull cricket's gone the last twelve months in England uh, and all the noises and what England have done with. Stokes and McCollum, and I, I thought it was really good. And actually, the result was almost, but not, I hope, secondary to, you know, the logic involved. And, and likewise, for Middlesex, as great as the win was, it was very much a bonus win. The, the, the result was almost secondary to their batters going out there and finding some nick by, by basically hitting themselves into four. That's what Mark Stallman said to us yeah, on the Creative Collective this week. He, he came on and said that he felt as though they could have won the game. They, could have, they felt as though going into... I think it was late day three, the fellas that could have bowled knots out and had a mm. yes, he said, but the clarity of, right, we go and win the game, not worrying about where our stump is, not worrying about, but we helped the batters in the top order come to into some some form. And he was, yeah, he, again, he was philosophical about the way they've played so far this season. Um, he's very level, level-headed level lad, is Rocky, and he said he felt as though this was the perfect scenario yeah. The kicks up his Middlesex batting units team uh, team to into it. Actually, if, 
in, in the quality right away, if they'd been bowled out for 220 and lost by 30 runs, they'd have got, there, there would have been no stick because they were going for the win. And what Max Holden said to me after at the end of the game, they effectively said once they were able to switch into their white ball mindset, you're not worrying so much about the technical side of things and, you know, where you've been nicked off early on in the season. You are looking, you know, Mark Stoneman charged seventh ball of the innings. And actually where Middlesex won the game, or where Middlesex was safe, I would say, was about seven overs in. I don't know, nine, nine, sorry, nine overs in were not because they'd been attacked as they were in the first nine overs and seven fields in the boundary. And at that point, you're not going to bowl them out in 40 overs. So Middlesex has sort of, yeah, almost saved the game in the opposite way that we would consider, you know, saving the game to be to, to be done. And yeah, and the upshot was that it it was brilliant. Uh, the drama at the end was great. Pretty dark. And like, Stuart Broad was very, very intelligent. I thought he bowled, he basically bowled bumpers to the, to the long side in the dark with about, yeah, with about, I think, five men on the next side boundary, a backstop, no one in front of the square on the offside. And there was one over left the game when it ended, and Sam Robson batting at eight was effectively the the drawbridge almost, sort of there to shore things up and, and, to, and to, you know, to be pulled up if they thought they could win anymore. And sadly, an opening batter at eight, they have their depth as well. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if you see, if you see the ending, but it was chaos. You know, Lokes diving everywhere. I suspect the light meters would come out again after that over as well. So it could have been an entirely unsatisfactory ending, but it was, yeah, but it was great. It was really good quick as well for, for a day's play and for all the talk and essentially for all the people who've said, oh, you know, why did not declare? I was very generous, all that stuff. The alternative is, is we have to count as we sit here having chats about, you know, how the count, how counter cricket has to be more re- relevant and how a chance to create a game was, was, you know, could well have been ruined if not so battered on and just, just escaped with their points. So I'd like to see the bigger picture is the more important result than, and Middlesex would have not to fit. We're still talking about the big moments. We've discussed Middlesex's uh, big win over Nottinghamshire. That was uh, Nick Friend's moment of the week. Uh, Harmick, well, it was Jimmy Anderson's 54th Fifer. How many times do you think you've been asked by various uh, magazines or radio shows or TV stations to talk about how great Jimmy Anderson is? I'm going to ask you to do it once again. That was your moment of the week. My moment of the week was that. Uh, it it's hilarious. Jimmy Anderson made his one-day debut two days before me. I played golf this morning. I look, trying to trying to draw a golf ball, looking down at my belly and thinking, how on earth is Jimmy Anderson still playing cricket? It's, it's just madness. But when you look at the way Broad and Anderson, you know how they, they prepare themselves for test matches over the course of the summer. And Jimmy Anderson probably has looked at England's five test matches in six weeks. So his preparation is going to be back-to-back games. So he played last week's for Middles, uh, last week for Lancashire against Essex against Cook and got the great man out twice. And this week he's he's both forty six overs. He's forty he's forty year old. He's both forty six overs in a first class match. Um he's took his fifty fourth five and he is basically he's in international mode. He is can I play back to back games, which is last week this week. Then I'll have a week off and then I'll probably gonna go and do back to back games again before Test match series starts. And that's him preparing for what is going to be probably his last Ashes hurrah for him to get. To get five foot um, and he's 54th, it's just, it's mind-boggling to even think that he's still playing cricket. Um, and when you watch him bowl and the intelligence that he's always shown and the skill level he's got, Sean Dixon scored a lot of runs for Durham last year and he's left Durham and gone down to Somerset. And there was a, there was a little package of Sean Dixon being set up by Jimmy Anderson and Sorry, Sean, I'm not. I don't really want to single you out here because, with all the greatest respects 
some of the greatest players of all time have suffered under the torture of Jimmy Anderson. But the four, five, the five or six balls that Sean Dixon got from Jimmy Anderson, it was like, Jimmy, just put me out of his misery. Please put me out of his misery. Just do it. And you've seen some of the greatest of all time happen to Jimmy Anderson. So keep banging on about me, me sort of me old pal. But while he's still falling like that, you keep having to tell tell the world that he's the greatest of all time. And not just an international cricket. It showed you this week, 46 overs at 40-year-old in a first-class match playing for his home county in Lancashire. On a properly fat one as well. On a fat one as well. It shows how much you know, he loves playing for his county as well as his country. So hats off to him again. Let's look at... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's just have a quick look at that game because, you know, where are Lancashire now? You know, we won't go on about, you know, whether they're going to win the, the title so much. But how, how are you assessing how they are, have started the season? That's three matches. Am I right? So let's, he hasn't, they haven't won a game yet. They're batting at fallible in the first two. Uh, they did score some runs in this. But again, it was a it was a flat track. So what's that? Is that three draws from their first three matches? Yeah, three draws from the first three. But, you know, the one person you think you expect to sort of kick into gear to get runs would be Keaton Jennings. Um, and he did that this week. And Lancashire will be fine. They've got an excellent bowling attack. Good to see Saqib Mahmood playing in this last couple of weeks after his long layoff. And they're a, they're a workman-like side. You look at Surrey, the Surrey have got star players and probably players with better quality, but I don't think they've got a better togetherness and a workman like that. Glenn Chappell's made it at Lancashire. And when you've got Jimmy Anderson, that obviously the icing on the kick when it comes to the bowling unit. So have got some very, very good players. And Bell, a wicketkeeper, I like him. I think he's he's got serious talent. Um, and again, I watched him a couple of times. He's played some nice shots. Didn't get a huge amount of runs, but the, the streams I've seen of of him, it's they're they're a good side, Lancashire. They're a hard working side, and the Mibbies have drawn three games, but uh, they didn't look like losing any of them games. And they'll they'll obviously they'll win more than they'll lose. And I think the weather beat them as well this week. And the only issue might be that Jenny, they think Jennings has done his hamstring now. I think and yeah. In to, to some degree, which is obviously chairman a lot of counts. I know you're, I think John, you were going to talk about being that opening situation later. I mean, James is obviously the spare batter in Pakistan, and I think he started the season with, with an 80 odds, a 90 odd, now 190. So, yeah, obviously bad timing for him, but probably bad timing for now as well. He's a new captain, obviously replacing Dave V last this year. And yeah, they'll hope it's a, a level one situation rather than, rather than anything more, um, sorry, grade one situation rather than anything more serious. They play on a road as well. It's quite yeah. be quite hard to get results there. I don't think they've played Parkinson yet, have they? Well, Parkinson played the first game, took a five for the first game. Played the two game, has played the two since. So they really like Tom Hartley, which is he has had a contract, which is I just think is yeah, which is quite interesting because um, yeah, those, those pitches aren't offering a lot to anybody at the moment. Well, um, I think what makes it harder for him as well is that because of because of the way that Tom Hartley's come on almost with the bat as much as anything else, as much as he's. Very much a left-field spinner. I mean, obviously, particularly early season, as much as actually Matt Parkinson has a, has a really good, really good record in April and May. Having someone like Harley who can hold up an end with he's quite a tall left-arm spinner, and then be able to go in there and bounce seventy off for fifty balls down the order is is a pretty tough option to overlook, and particularly at a time when a lot of counties, certainly the top counties, are going sort of fielding almost as many bowling around as they can. I mean, even look at Hampshire this week; he replaced. Heath Barker with Tom Prest, which meant that they could effectively have Ian Holland, who's opened a batting in Cal's Championship, batting down at nine. And 
James Fuller sort of went in as almost like a pinch hitter at one point for them during the week. And it looks like more and more camps are going that way. It's, it's obviously sounds simple, isn't it? There's as much depth as you can down the order. Um, he, he had something. He had some blow, didn't he? Or something as well, Keith Barker. Yeah, well, I think he broke. I think I broke might be wrong. Well, I think he's broken bad. Had some broke fingers on broke hands. Yeah, Harmy, you flagged up Lancashire's wicketkeeper batsman, but some say I've got one as well. I mean, I don't know if George or Nick could tell us a little bit about. Is it James at Rue? Is that how you pronounce his surname? Nineteen years old, second first class hundred. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Either Go on, Nick. You'll probably know. I mean, there's no need. Come on. Try, um, try, yeah. try and keep it to twenty minutes. I'll do. I'll, I'll try and keep it to twenty seconds. I think. I only. Well, no, he's part of the England side that got to the the recent final of the nineteens uh, World Cup last year. Spent, I believe, first part of his winter in Sydney with a couple of actually a couple of other nineteen teammates, Jacob Bethel, uh, Tom Preston there as well. And then I believe he went with the Lions. So he's obviously, obviously highly thought of and. Particularly so, because some still have options there. You know, between Rue, Steve Davis, Tom Banton, Tom Kelly Capital, there were a lot of guys who could who could take the clubs and would allow them to sort of bulk up the batting or the, or the, or the bowl if they wanted to in that spare spot. So, no, they liked him a lot. And, and he's he started his career. I mean, he's, only, he's, he's still 19. He's quite young 19 as well. He's under 10 19 this, this year. But yeah, that's his second first class time. I think he's got a role under Cup 100 as well. Obviously, highly rated and with pretty good reason as well. Excellent stuff. I knew you were the person to ask. Look, we've got um, still got a couple of moments of the week. I've got mine to talk about. We have actually got the moment of the week, by the way. Anyway. Any week. Yeah, you could, argue, you could argue it's the moment of the season. A truly historic, a one-off moment that occurred during the fourth, during the uh, county championship. So we'll talk about that very, very shortly here on Following On County Cricketer. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, 
There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. This is TalkSport 2. This is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the cricketer, George DeBell, Nick Friend, as well as myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison. Still plenty more to come on the show. You're listening to Following on County Cricketer. Well, I gave it the big end, the big build-up. George DeBell, what was your moment of the week? Well, I was very lucky to be at uh, New Road to see... Tom Price hit a maiden first-class century, which I reckon probably happened about 2 o'clock or something. And by 3.30 or so, he had taken a hat-trick as well on the same day. And it was his second career hat-trick, which is not bad for a fella who's played, you know, less than a couple of dozen first-class games, I think. Um, so he, he turned the game on its head because at one stage, I mean, when he came in, Gloucestershire were 45 for 7 I think, something ridiculous so he took them up to something like 225 or something and then, and the hat-trick you know I mean you see, you do see some hat-tricks but it was a very good hat-trick it was Azarali, it was uh, Jack Haynes and I'm trying to think uh, Brett Brett Oliver, you know three good players um, well all caught by basically for the same ball I mean he, he pitched off, had to play them, nibbled away. Good balls. I mean, and there, there was some criticism about him. I wouldn't criticise them at all. It was, it was really good bowling. Uh, I wasn't lucky at all. It was, um, you know, he looks... And, and afterwards, um, so modest. I mean, you know, it's always nice to go meet people afterwards and talk to them. And immediately said, yeah, great to put the team in a good position and all this stuff. And I was asking, you know, I said, did you realise that you've done something that WG Grace never managed? And he was like, no, isn't that amazing? And I said, would you say you're the new WG Grace? You say that, you know, there were loads of England scouts and selectors there that day as well, uh, who probably hadn't come to see him. But they really would have gone away uh, with a very strong impression of a guy who um, should have a 10-year career for Gloucester or, or in county cricket. Yeah, it was lovely to see and um, an incredible achievement. Yeah, so 89 for 8 at one stage, Gloucestershire, and uh, they made 231. You should remember as well that six wickets for Ajit Dale was such a bold out for 150. Hey, he's, he's, yeah, he's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. There's, I mean, in terms of international cricket, it's not all about international cricket, but maybe he's got a higher ceiling than Tom Price. He, I, I'd be fascinated to know what speed he was bowling because it, it seems that he keeps beating batters. But it's whether very it's swingy the, action, isn't it? Very nice swingy. Whether it's sometimes it's the same. And sometimes it doesn't hit the seam and it skids because of that. I don't know. Uh, also, there was a wee bit of variable bounce of the pitch, undoubtedly, which would have played into his hands because he bowls uh, straight and pretty quick. And he, he, he looked um, he looked one worth keeping an eye on. And um, I think the scouts were there to watch uh, Haynes and Tongue, but they would have gone away with um, a high view of a couple of Gloucester players. We should mention as well, Nick. You did flag up Tom Price a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? I, on this on this very show, every every week, my 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 season. What well, you know, interestingly, I I was pretty surprised the circuit who two years ago told me that Tom Price would play for England. I know that Keaton Jennings flagged him last year as the toughest he would face, and that he faced and did one. I know that one Cubs captain had him down as the overall breakout, overall English breakout player for this summer. 
in Counts Creek. I know that Dale Baker signed down the game, so they can be with him. I he's um, speaking to James Grace a couple of days ago, actually, about him, who has kept to Sam Cook, which um, at both Loughborough Uni, and I think with England Lions. And he said that Sam Cook is, I think, the closest natural comparison on the circuit. And they're not they're not tall, but they both get very tight at the stumps. They're both quicker than they look as well. Uh, they hit the seam. Bryce doesn't swing an awful lot, but he does, he hits the seam and moves it both ways. And his record, by the way, it's not just that, it's not just a couple of hat tricks and, and the Worcester game. He took 32 wickets in Div 1 in his first season in Div 1 last year in 20. And he's got 60 first-class wickets, I think, uh, we're talking 2021, which is yes, 20, 20, 20, 23-year-old kid just out of uni. Yeah, with, with the first-class 100s, a couple of first-class 50s, but 17 games. He's got an 8 for 2 5 for 2 4 for a first-class tie and two hat-tricks in 17 first-class games, which, which is a mental record. Like, I know, so I'm not saying this because I, I've been picking on it for a few weeks, but um, as George said, he's he's also, yeah, also a lovely guy with... The younger brother in the same team, which is quite a nice thing. Who, yeah, he's a good player himself, batting at six. And but it, that that game's interesting as well because there was a lot of pace there. It wasn't just Singh Dale. It was obviously Martian Langer who hit Brett Oliver very hard on the last day and forced him to retire her. And Josh Tarley, by all accounts, was bowling quicker than Langer was in that spell as well. So, yeah, a pretty interesting draw as far as whether affected Jules go. Sure, Josh Tung was really interesting. You can you can you can see why they were there to watch him, and and you saw the best and the worst of him. And he's still a guy who's um, clearly getting back to his best. I don't think he's there, but there was a spell where it all came together, and he angles it in and then moves it away, like I don't know, like TV or someone. And it, it it's a challenge when he gets it right, and he doesn't quite often. Yeah. There's a lot to like. He's maybe like Jamie Overton a couple of years ago. Maybe not that quick, but he but he is sharp. Yeah, you can see what they like him. And again, I think he's out of contract, which I, I always find interesting. And um, as is Haynes, I, I I would be yeah, they both are. I would be surprised if there are counties sniffing him, the obvious counties, because um, he's got a pretty precious and unusual talent. Okay, well, look, my moment of the week will lead to a question for Harmy in regards to Stuart Broad, but. I just find it quite interesting to note that in the build-up to an Ashes summer, we have had runs now from the majority of the batters who are playing. So Zach Crawley, of course, hit that high ceiling that we're all told about. See, I mean, and I did question, like a lot of people, you know, we have we have questions Zach Crawley, but essentially we are all aware of the talent that, that he possesses. But, you know, he had a huge score. Ben Duckett has also hit a century. Ollie Pope hit a century last uh, week. Ben Folkes has hit a century. So, um... You know, the four players who will be part of England's top six that are playing in the county championship pretty much done what they need to do. I mean, OK, Fordy could have possibly shown a little bit more consistency, but that is, is, is performing the role that England wants of it. That is to be a match winner and to score quickly, and it's not always going to pay off. But compare and contrast, Ben Stokes has played two games in the IPL. Joe Root hasn't played a single game. Harry Brooks gone past 20 once, albeit he did hit a century. In seven matches. Now, we're always talked about the IPL bringing so much to our England players. Um, and then when you look at the bowlers, of course, Jimmy Anson with his 54th bifer, Ollie Robinson's back and bowling. Stuart Broads has played two county championship games and has suggested he's good for another couple. So there we are. And Jack Leach has been bowling as well. So that's uh, a little bit of a state of the union. That's where we are. But it did make me smile, did Broadie, because the amount of games coming into an Ashes series and suddenly Shane Warne's developed a new delivery that's going to bamboozle all of our batters. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that with Stuart Broad 
suggesting that he's concocting a new delivery. Well, it's, called the, it's called the Outswinger, isn't it? <laughs> and and, my warm, and, Shane's, and Shane's warm delivery was called the one that goes straight on. But essentially, yeah. um, the mind games are with us, Harmy. They are. And when you go through the... the and I said this on, on the collective when Man has asked me about Ben Stokes not playing. He's only played a couple of games. And I'm like, I'm not bothered. I don't want him to play. I don't really want him to play IPL cricket. I would love Joffre to play a few more games because then you on a balance of a fitness point of view. But the ideal ideal thing for me is I don't care how many games Ben Stokes plays for Chennai Super King. I really don't care how many games that Joe Root plays for Registan Royals because I know for a fact that the former England captain will be fine when he gets to the middle of Lord's or Edge Baston on that first day, the first test match. I'd, I'd like to think that they're getting the best recovery. I'd like to think the best, Ben's getting the best treatment possible. Brody knows his own body. From a bowler's point of view, it's a case of just getting your volume of overs up. Because you can bowl some good balls in first-class cricket, and batters not good enough to nick them. Where in test cricket, if you consistently put them in them areas, like Anderson, like Broad, Robinson starting to do, then they get rewarded in more in, fir- in test-match cricket than they do in, in first-class cricket. But batters, I think, runs as currency and confidence. And said it a couple of times now, the more Zach Crawley spends 50, 80, 100, 120 balls at the crease on a consistent basis, the better it will be for the England cricket team if he gets to do that on a regular basis for Kent. And he's done it so far. And it was great to see Ben Duckett get run. So I'm not worried about the older guard because they're going through the motions at the minute. Anderson Broad, if Broad selected, will know what it takes to get to that first test match. Stokes, well, if he's having his feet up for Chennai Super Kings, I'm over the moon because he's not getting, he's not going to get injured. If he's injured the week before the first test match, then I have a concern. So at this minute in time, I think both parties, England and Australia, are quite happy where their players are at this minute in time because the Aussies are doing the same. You know, there's a few of them playing, a few of them not playing. Harris has got a few runs in for, for Gloucester. Labashian had two low scores, but we know what he's going to be like, and Smith gets here next week. So, from an Aussie's point of view, I think everybody would be quite happy where they are preparation-wise for, for going into the Test Series. Let's have a little chat that we did talk at the top of the show about this month's magazine, that George with a couple of pieces, a couple of columns. But, Harley, so you've appeared in The Cricketer. No, it's, um... like George, I can't remember. It was a while ago. <laughs> Does anybody know what? Uh, who am I having a Who am I having a go at now? If you could, I think I'm having a go at the hundred because you know it's. I'm not going to be allowed in the grounds at this rate this summer. I think you were maybe talking about this summer's Ashes. The crops are fastballs on both sides. I think about a bit about your own career, your own time running and bowling. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to jog your memory. Yeah, give us that. Yeah, and I'm not. Really I'm, not changed, I'm not changing my opinion on the hundred. I really haven't. Now, our good players don't want to play it. A lot of players don't understand it. And until until it goes to a 20-over competition, it will never get the credibility around the world that it probably deserves. Because I still think that if England can get eight teams playing 20-over cricket in a franchise system, the second-best franchise behind the uh, tournament behind the IPL, if we continuously play the 100 within the next three to five years, our best players will be going to play in the M. MLC in America because that from that will have the financial resources. They also, I think the players would probably enjoy playing 
that type of cricket in that type of environment. So I think I said that in the in the cricket magazine, and the opinion hasn't changed. That I did say that I don't think the hundred is fit for purpose, and I still I'll still be saying that I think in three three to five years time. Okay, well, uh, homie, if you go to www.thecricketer.com forward slash subscribe, prices start at less than £30 for 12 issues, right? So that'll cover you for the year. So you, if you do that, you could find out what you said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've got it in front of me now. Sorry, it's taken me a little while to get it. And it just, there's a bit in it where he says, maybe he's the only person criticising the 100. <laughs> because, because they're scared of the wrath of the ECB or Sky Sports. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you shoulder to shoulder there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant stuff. We've had a few questions in. Some of them we've already answered without even realising. Rich says, where did Knott's declaration sit? On a scale from visionary to reckless. And should there be extra bonus points for following the Bazball template? Well, I think Mick Friend covered that off in section two of the show. Danny says, will the ICEC, Essex Racism Inquiry and Yorkshire Sentencing all definitely occur this season? George, have you got an, a quick answer for that? Well, it's sort of got dates, but um, yeah, they, they should they should all happen this season. Yeah, I mean, the Essex thing, it's amazing how long, but uh, the last I heard was May the 9th. The um, Cindy Bunce report, I believe it's done. I believe it's been checked. I hope there's absolutely no pressure on her to... Um, change anything but you know there may be some legal issues just to make sure that you know they're not naming anybody uh, as part of that so but they'll what they'll want to be doing is making sure that you can't work out who people are and that might be the reason for the delay uh the yorkshire sentencing i think is happening in july i i and by the way i've yet to hear anyone come up with a solution to that impossible problem of what you do with yorkshire uh, but by the way, just uh, just come back on the on the on the Middlesex not thing. I mean, it does show how much the game has changed. There's no way that would happen, is there, Army? Even when you were playing, I mean, even like oh. really recently, and if it had, people would have talked about match fixing and most just of that. So I, I can see it from the point of view of the person asking the question: Was it a bit hubristic or whatever? Probably, but at the same time, it is meant to be entertainment. Mm. And it ends with a really rubbish afternoon, and it's been really. It really was quite a rubbish afternoon as well, because there are about three raindrops between eleven a.m. and two o'clock, and they sat there, and, and so obviously nothing happened. So there was no play because it looked like it could rain, and it did rain. At which point, you're like, well, this is very much the end. Yeah, fair play to the kid. Like there weren't many people in the ground, but it's great. I do, I do also think the other thing with that chase is that. To chase two fifteen forty overs with no fielding restrictions or bowling restrictions at a very long side, at a out of near past lineup and Stuart Broad, everything has to go right. So it's easy to look at the end result and say, "Oh, you know, it a little, you know, what not not done it." A, the only way of forcing any result of any kind was to declare when they did, which is of the resumption, because they lost two overs. The declaration if they gone out bad for ten overs, at which point the game's basically over. And B, like genuinely, to chase yeah, to chase two fifteen forty overs, you, you do need that little bit of perfection don't you like otherwise it wasn't the Sunday league until about 1980 or whenever it was the field even though it took the first round overs you know and, and yeah, you know, right. two days earlier they've got, you know on the first day they've gone off, gone off the night at 4.45 that game and finished at 6, finished at 6.25 like you know it's so many different things could have made it could have meant this was all not a void really like the yeah I was just as I said earlier just interesting it's very rare for I just enjoy it's great for cricket though Nick and yeah. it's great for cricket yeah. For me, it's great for cricket. There's two two things to this. 
right? And you couldn't put a barometer on bonus points for it. But if you declare in that sort of thing, setting a game up, it should be an unwritten rule that you go for it. Both teams, right, we've got to go for it. And it's the same as the bad light coming on with we having the ball spin. As a captain, you ask the ball spin, then you can't bring your seamer back on when things aren't going for you. You have to continue going that. These two things in a game, if you declare and you make a game, it should be ripe. Both teams go for it. And the way that you, because you're trying to force results, so I have one. Yeah, and I don't think you can put a As much as not taking a lot of credit for this, there is a lot. There is lots of stuff for Middlesex approach because they, because with that not, but with that rule not existing, as as Simon says there, like they could very easily have gone. Do you know what? Sorry, we need some batting practice here. We need to, we need to get back forty overs from the top three, top four. Peter Manai came out and looked absolutely terrible for his first twenty runs, horribly anic. And by the end, he was sixty off seventy, like basically the ideal knock, the ideal tempo. Yeah, so they came in, punched all for four, clipped them all for four, and suddenly everyone feels better about themselves and. You know, they could get rolled for 80 by Kent on Thursday, but they could also be three out of the three and much Remember, having had a hit. England didn't chase 30 more than that in about 40 more overs at the same the ground a couple of years ago. So the game changes. The, the game is always changing. And George, on that, after that game, were we not talking of where the writer's not reporting, is Test Cricket dead when we didn't go for that game? And now Test Cricket's alive because of... The transformation in the last twelve months, but it's but it's changing. The game is always changing, and it's and it's definitely true that every time it changes, you probably lose something. Probably do. That's but you gain something else. The game's always changing, and it's changed a million times, even in the time I've been watching it, and it's still bloody brilliant. Just brilliant in a different way. But you, you know, do we lose? Is there someone out there who can play that Mike Atherton? innings in South Africa, you know, bat for 11 hours or whatever. I mean, probably, but not many people out there like that. Those are skills that are going. Uh, lots of skills maybe go, but there are lots and lots of new skills. I mean, batting and fielding, jeez. Um, the wobble seam is new. The game is always changing in lots of ways. It's never been as entertaining. Guys, shall we talk about players? My player didn't play, Jamie Smith. What about yours, Harmy? Mine uh, did. Mine had a good day with a bat. Um, and he probably would have had a, a winning deal with the ball if he hadn't been um, rained off for the last two, two and a bit sessions down at um, Edinburgh Glamorgan. Brian Carson, he got 91 with the bat. Got a few wickets with the ball. And by all accounts, bowled, bowled lively, bowled sharp. Durham would have won if it hadn't have, if it hadn't have rained uh, on that last day. But I think Yorkshire would have won. And I think Gloucester probably would have won as well. So um, they weren't the only one. Uh, Durham... Had a, a pretty good game, to be honest. 470 for nine. Um, everybody getting 50s. Ben Wren, medium pacer, got uh, Manus Labashian out twice. Um, and obviously my man, Ryan Kars, got a few wickets, but he got 91 with a bat. And like I said, when I tipped him to be my player watch and a possible outside chance of being involved in, in Ashes, and I think even more so after being rested last week with a view of where Archer's at at this minute in time, largely down to the fact that his all-round qualities, he's a decent fielder for a big lad. He's, he can bat, hold a bat at number eight, and he can bowl you know, 88, 89 mile an hour from a high release point. Um, he's coming good just at the right time. So, please to my team, Durham, just couldn't go over the line um, in a positive draw. And my man got a few runs. And it'd be nice if next week he can get a few wickets. Well, we shall see. Thanks for your right time this week. Army. Uh, what about you, George? Who are your player 
players there? Uh, well, there's 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 Compton, uh, who I, by his standards, had a shocker. I think he got 46 or something. But, but you know, he he did what Compton does, uh, scored runs. I see there's some doubts about him being able to play the, the short ball, but the opening batters, particularly opening batters from South Africa, do tend to be able to play the short ball. But anyway, let's see. Uh, he, he keeps on churning that runs anyway. And Josh Tan, and, and we talked about him. Uh, it's all about the ceiling with Josh Tung. Uh, if, if he stays fit, he could absolutely be an international cricketer. Um, and he showed glimpses of some real talent. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. George, thank you. And Nick, let's finish with you. There was a few people uh, saying that uh, Harmy's curse of the commentator when it came to Ali Moore at the top of the order. Is that three times? Of So it's that three times in the five-minute get? Did he get Grand Slayer's comments? Yeah, well, I, I think I agree with him. You agree with it? Sal does agree with them, isn't it? Like, he could obviously do with remaining his crease and strikes. And I think it's, there's obviously an element of misfortune. I think the most, most, most unfortunate bit is to have an opening partner who hits the ball that straight, that consistently. But um, he, he could do with. He, I think what Flowerson was really good, and mainly that he's cost himself, is ultimately there'll be a time to see when he's out of Nick and he'll start nicking, you'll start nicking off and you'll. Leave a straight one, you'll get a shocker off an umpire. So why are you standing on strike end? You don't want to be losing up lives over there. So yeah, yeah, you could do is stay in this crease, but we'll get back into it quicker. But other than that, is by, by all the gals, he's playing lovely. Uh, he was caught off the back of his bat in the first innings, and then yeah, I thought, strike in the second innings. So yeah, I thought it was another day of the like, night. Yeah, I thought it was dismissed with the first innings was madcap enough. It took me about three times to watch it on the stream before I could work out exactly what Well, that was a lovely, a lovely cast of the commentator for that. For that it was. I, I don't know if it was on commentary, but it was even more effusive of value than I've been. And I believe ended with the fateful words, I hope he doesn't get out to this ball as he clicked one off the back of his bat in a second slip. But, um, yeah. but no, he's, he's some player. <laughs> it's the hen I'll die on, him and Tall Price. But, um, you, you love him, man. I mean, he's, I, my wife doesn't look at me in the way you, it's the best look you know, at he the best knock I saw last season, and yeah, and between him and Tom Price, I'm very, I'm very satisfied with my with my pace. With a blank ring in two years' time, I'll, I'll be texting you to dig out this dig out this week's edition as well. <laughs> well, we need to dig out this week's because you talk about them every week. So you know, uh, Nick, thank you very much. Um, I've you. threatened I've threatened off air to talk about the uh, the streams, the YouTube streams, anti cricket YouTube streams for the last two weeks, and I still haven't done it because. There's been more interesting things to talk about, but I will uh, I'll talk about it next week, maybe. And either way, plenty of games coming up, and we'll be reflecting all of them as we did this week. Next week, I'm following on Counter Cricket. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.